As you leave the city of Neverwinter and head north along the Sword Coast, you come across the quaint village of Deerward. It's a small village full of people who are quite content to live their quiet lives, avoiding everything that has to do with the adventures of Neverwinter, except for their money. Here in this town, you find the buildings are dilapidated and yet homey. You also find a tavern owned by an old dwarf named Madmeal Pebblearm and his halfling friend Torin Bilberry. There's a small sign hanging from it in the shape of a goat head. Written around it is the name the Waiting Horn Tavern. As you enter, they find that they have a fine selection of ales, along with a basic menu of foods aimed at helping a weary traveler with a few gold or copper to spare. There are several booths around the sides of the room, a few scattered tables around the middle, and the bar itself is at the head of the room, where the kegs of ale are tapped and ready for the barkeep. Torrin Bilberry to pour into your tank. There's a door to the left that heads back into the kitchen. And as you, young traveler, enter the bar, you see a pair of adventurers sitting in a booth off to the right side of the bar. And the older of them waves you over and invites you to sit and pushes a tankard of ale in front of you. Ah, I see you got my note, he said and you found your way to the tavern. I bet you were wondering why you were here. But then again, perhaps not. This is a very particular place that attracts a particular crowd. Most of those are about to enter an adventure like you are, or they just have the need for a good ale. This here is your beginning of a great adventure into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Come. Come, weary travelers, sit a while, while we share with you the secrets and tales of the worlds you can find and experience through the magic of storytelling, through the voice of me, your dungeon master, and players in this game. Alrighty, welcome back everybody. It's been a minute since we've been on here to do our next portion of the campaign here with the Waiting Horn Tavern crew. So we are right back at it with Elijah as good old Christopher Burke. There we go, Christopher Burke. And me, Brian, as Rupert Ashwick and as your DM. And a few haven't caught up yet on what's going on previous to this portion of the campaign, go ahead, pause it right here. We'll be here when you come back. Go through the other episodes that uh, we have put out here for you, and you'll get all caught up. But if you don't want to do that, I'll give you a little quick breakdown. So you've had Rupert and Christopher. They've gone and worked their way through a crypt, and they've gone back up into the town after having defeated all the undead minions that were in there and finding a mysterious letter. They were told to go and deliver the letter, 
but they've also taken a little side quest off into a forest that happened to actually be infested by kobolds. So they had to fight their way through the kobolds in order to get over to the military base that was stationed inside to deliver a cache of weapons to them. And that is actually where we meet up with our dynamic duo wonderful heroes here as they get themselves into this fortress and it's not even a fortress it's actually just like a little military encampment they have like wooden walls around the tents that they have set up and it's just regular dirt mud that they are having to camp out on top of so there's not really anything really to this place it's easily able to be broken down moved around but originally the person in charge of this whole place which was Commander Iron Fist. He's only gonna let you guys do a short rest. He's like, you know, have you sit down for you know about four hours or so, and then kick you out since you're gonna be heading off from here, and you're gonna be heading out to Tanglewood to go and inspect the ruins that are nearby. But as Commander Iron Fist looked around, he's like, you know what? It's getting pretty dark. Getting close to nighttime here. I can't. In good faith, in good conscience, kick you guys out now. So he let Rupert and Christopher take a long rest. So you're able to gain back all of your hit points and all of your spell slots for those of you who actually have them, which I don't think you do. I think you're our little fighter over there, Christopher. Yeah. So Rupert gets all his spell slots back that he used up. But now you wake up in the morning after you know taking your long rest and you see the men of the camp here. They're going about their different daily activities. You have the commander himself who is uh, going about giving people orders, telling people what to do. And when he's not doing that, he's just meandering, just inspecting the troops. And he sees you guys as you come out of the tent that they loaned to you. And he approaches... So, are you ready? The ruins await these kobolds. We held them off through the night, but they're becoming a real menace. And like we told you last time, we think that's where they're coming from. It's over there by the ruins. Because we've seen them going into and out of that temple during the night. So, if you head to those ruins, I'm sure you can find out exactly where they're coming from and why they're attacking us. Why they decided that they come... Try to just, you know, just try to attack us. Why are they coming out here? Why are they doing this? Now, we need you to help us put a stop to this. I gotta have my forces here to protect the rest of the forest and also to protect, make sure that these kobolds don't get out to the town of Dragonshore. So, good luck and may the, the gods of this land be with you. So, Christopher. What do you choose to do? What do you want to do now? I'm going to say bye, and I'm going to also say um, I'll, I'll come back with maybe some information. Well, the only information I would need is that this kobold menace, in some way, shape, or form, has been dealt with. They're not going to be threatening us or the town of Dragonshore anymore. If you do that for me, then... That'll be all that I need. 
Well, I'm sure we can do that for you. Come on, Christopher, let's, let's head off. Let's head off to towards the ruins here. Okay. So, as you leave the, the encampment there, and you head out towards the direction of the ruins that he's pointed out to you there. <coughs> it's really not too far of a path out there to get to it. It's actually a probably about like a 15 minute walk and it's actually pretty uneventful. If you're going through there and there's not really anybody that really comes and bothers you at all. But as you turn in the path in the forest there, suddenly you see in front of you this stone wall that's about eight feet tall. And it's got you know the individual bricks of the stonework you know, there on the wall. But you don't see anything really ornate about them. It's just regular old you know, stone there that's been worn smooth by time and the rains and just like trees running up against them. There's a little bit of chunks missing from here and there. There's a couple of pillars that you can see as well, but the pillars are broken and it's just the jagged tops and net jagged edges on them. But you see two old wooden doors right there in the clearing there. And you can see on those doors, there's still some of the adornment of carvings of oak branches in a sundial. Hmm. It's pretty interesting there. It's I think there's doors here are worth checking out. What do you think? Yes. Let's go check it out. Okay. So I said you get you know, check out those doors there. It's just you know pretty much just two old wooden doors, nothing really to do special about them at all. But it's the only thing on this whole wall here that has that you know, ornate uh, nature to it. Everything else is just smooth stone. So what do you want to do? Hmm. I'm going to investigate those engravings. Okay. You want to investigate it? Go ahead and roll me an investigation check then. And for those of you who are listening along, you'll see, or you'll hear, not see, because this is podcast time, uh, you're not going to hear like the physical dice necessarily rolling, because now we have the wonderful digital dice. So we got our volumes turned up on our tablets here so that you can actually hear those wonderful digital dice hopefully rolling and sounding all nice and happy and awesome. And, and speaking of rolling dice, I got a 16 plus 2. I got, that's an 18. 18 on the perception? Okay, so as you inspect this door, inspect these carvings there. That's what I said, investigation. Perception investigation. Christopher! Really? Am I going to have to go and put your digital dice in jail? <laughs> so, with your perception of investigation, because it's actually pretty much the same darn thing, if you actually think about it, they're both going to be your wisdom check there. But, with that roll there, you're able to find out that 
this door is in fact very old. That as you actually go and you touch the door, that the door itself is very rough because it's been exposed to the weather and the, time, and the ravages of time for so long. But you're also able to tell that this is pretty much just a door. There's no uh, traps or anything on it. Nothing like that. It's just the door. So, what do you want to do? Um, I'm going to open it up, of course. Okay. So you try to open the door. You find that the door is locked. There's something barring it from the other side. And, and, and I'm Paul, and I'm like, hmm. Oh, 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 yeah. Um, it must be one of those um lock, like wooden lock things that go across two metal things to lock the door. Could be that. Could be something else. You can't tell. You can't see from this side because it's on the opposite side there. That would be a shame to destroy something as lovely as this. Because I have to admit that those carvings of the oak and the sundial and everything—it's very nice to look at there. So I'm going to try to unlock that door. Okay, so you want to try to unlock it? Go ahead and give me a sleight of hand check. Okay, that's a 15. Alrighty, you are actually not able to unlock it from you know, this side of the door with that rule. You can feel a little bit of what's going on with it. You can tell there is some sort of a bar on the far side of the door there. But there's also like a latch going on as well that's actually kind of like holding it in place. It's a little bit you know, of a complex uh, mechanism there, but it's nothing that will you know, stop you from trying to do anything like that again. Hmm. This could be pretty time consuming to do it this way. Maybe I should try. Okay, do you want to try... Unlocking it? Do I want to try smashing it? Well, well, just like Rupert said, it is very nice to look at. So, so I'm gonna take like uh, my um, let's see here, my short sword, stick it in, trying to lift the bar. Okay, gonna try to do that. Um, see here, it's not really sleight of hand, but it's not really strength either. So you know what? Go ahead and give me hmm, the options available. Strength still actually would be the, the best option. Let's see if you could actually just muscle the the bar up from this side of the door that you're on. So go ahead and give me a strength check. Oh, that is a nine. Okay, that is definitely not enough to try to muscle that door open there. Shall I try again? I think I'm going to try and do my sleight of hand again. Try to pick this lock and try to force it open that way. Oh, I got a seven. This is getting increasingly frustrating. Yeah, seven's definitely not enough to do it. Hmm. You know what? It might be, given how old this thing is, we might just, we might have to bash our way through 
and, and I'm like, no, 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 it's so beautiful. Well, what do you suggest we do then? Let's work together. Well, the space here is a little small for that. No, 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 but no. But no. I have an idea. You do? Well, look at our packs here. We each have a bit of rope. You do? We have rope. It's one of those things that most people completely ignore and don't think about. So, okay, so what are you going to do with that rope then? Well, we take our 50 feet of rope that we have. You said this wall is about 8 feet tall. So I suggest that one of us climb, you know, takes our rope, ties it to a rock or something heavy on this side, or, you know, and then we anchor it to a tree or something, and then we can then throw the other end over, and we can climb up on top of the wall and then just lower ourselves down with the rope. And then we can just unlock the door from the other side. Hmm. Actually, you might be right. Because I have like 50 feet of rope here. And so do I. It's right here in my pack. Then, then if we tie them together, we will have 100 feet of rope. I don't think we're going to quite need that much. I know. Rupert. So, how about you throw it over um, uh, wait a minute. We could hurt ourselves because because when we throw our rope, there's nothing to grab it on for it to grab onto. So if we try to climb it, it'll just slip off and come over the door. Well, that's where the first part of my plan comes in, where we tie the rope off on this side. Tie it to a tree, we tie it to like this boulder over here. We tie it to something here. And then we throw it over, we climb up on top, and then we use the rope to lower ourselves down on the other side. One of us does that, and then like one of us can actually hold onto the rope on this side and you know, help make sure it doesn't slip off. And then the one that goes inside unlocks the door from that side, opens it up, and we're good to go. Or, here's my, here's my plan. We can use your rope, I climb up. And then, and then you grab on, and then I pull you over, up and over. How would you pull me up and over if we're both on this side? Because um, if I open the door from that side, then we don't have to pull anybody else over. You just untie the rope, bring the to it up, put it in our packs, and go. You're right. Let's stick to that plan. Okay, so take the end of the rope and tie it along this tree that's nearby here, and then throw it up on over, I'll climb up on top of the wall here. Okay, so Rupert, go ahead and give me an acrobatics check. Actually, no, athletics. We'll do athletics for this one. Acrobatics, you're not quite there yet. Okay, that is a dirty 20. Alrighty, so with that dirty 20, you're able to actually scramble right up on top of that wall. Not a problem at all. And then, you said you're going to go just climb down the other side on the rope there? Yes, it's going to just climb down the 8 feet. That way I don't you know, try not have to like jump and tuck and roll or do any fancy acrobatic crap like that. <laughs> okay, well go ahead and give me a strength check to then climb down the other side. And are you going to have uh, Christopher... On the other side of the rope, holding it in place just in case. If you would be so kind and grab hold it, then that would be very uh, 
would be very nice indeed. I would be pleased too. That is an eight. Alright, with an eight, you start getting down that rope, start climbing down the other side there, but the strength in your hands gives out just a little bit and you end up slipping the last four feet and you land on your rear end. <laughs> but because it's only four feet, there's no damage dealt to you at all as you're within that safety threshold that you are so keen on having. Okay, and then after we get done with that, I stand up, I brush myself off because I'm be looking presentable. And then I will go ahead and I will open up the door from this side so that Christopher can then come right on in. Okay, so go ahead and give me an investigation check so you can see what's going on with the door on this side. That is a natural 20 plus 3, 23. Alright, so you can easily tell exactly what's going on with this lock. As you thought, there was a bar that's going across. It's actually sunken down into a couple of the metal holders that are on this side here. But the door itself has actually kind of warped its way over it a little bit, which was making it so much harder for you guys to be able to pop it open and just move this thing up out of the way. But there's also a uh, like a uh, gear mechanism that appears to have been able to operate from the other side. So if you'd had a proper key for it or something that can get into that lock, you go to turn it, which then would have turned the gear mechanism to then slide this thing across. But you have the option also of just pulling it straight up and out and dislodge it from those gears. Well, so I can either pull it or I can lift it up and out. Uh, probably the easiest thing to do than just be lift up and out. Just don't have to worry about pushing, pulling, prodding, or poking. Just, just pull it up and out of there from this side so I can actually get the leverage I need. Um, Rupert. I'll help from this side, just lift it out, and you tell me which way to carry well, how, how would you be able to help me from this side? No, no I'm not. Because you can't see what's going on. i got to pull it more towards me and up and out because it's kind of, the door's kind of large, just, you know, large and warped. Um, I can still help you. Just lift it. Well, you can't reach it. Seriously, I'm going to do what? Are, are your um, arms 16 feet long? Um... I'm human. Between your arms are maybe 3 feet long. Wait. Your arms are 16 feet long? No, mine are 3 feet long like yours. So I'm going to just use my strength up and I'm going to lift up this bar up and out of the holders here. Okay, Rupert, go ahead and give me that strength check to do that then. That is a 16. Alright, so that is actually just enough to wiggle this thing up and out. And so you get it up and it's kind of resting on the top of those metal holders that'd be keeping it in line with where the gear was at. And you've just about got it pulled up out of where it needs to be. It's kind of just teetering there. I think if I let it go, it might just fall off onto this side, onto the ground, but I don't want to really do that because that might actually block off the 
door here a little bit. So I need to kind of get on one side and just heave it so it flops off to the far side so it doesn't block this door. Um, do you want to break it? I'm not breaking the door. I'm moving this bar out of the way so that it's you know, not even blocking the door. So it's open it up. I see what you're doing now. Okay, so go ahead and give me another strength check to just heave this thing off to the one side. Ooh, that'll be 11. Okay, well, that's not bad because you actually had it pretty much all the way out, so it's just kind of just taking the, the one end and just heaving it over. So you're able to get that thing moved off to one side. It falls down and kind of blocks off one door, but you have one that is still open and available and that kind of slowly creaks open. You say, and the door is now open and you're able to get into the ruins area together. Okay, Christopher, go ahead and make sure that you get the rope all coiled up and put away, so we don't lose, leave that behind here. And I think it's now time to go in and investigate the ruins here. So what do you do? What do I do? Hmm. I, um, follow Rupert and We head in. Well, I head in, and first, before I head in, uh, I take out my short sword, just in case. And then I just rush inside. Okay, well, as you rush inside, you can see in front of you a set of stairs. They're going up into the temple area itself. And right as you start rushing in, you see two sets of eyes peer out from around a corner on each side of the doorway. You have two creatures that are alerted to your presence by the commotion down by the door. And it is now time to roll initiative. Alright gentlemen, so what did you get on those Initiative rolls. I got four. I got a ten. Four and a ten. Alrighty. So, first up will be the kobolds at the door. So, they are going to be peering at you. Now, they have this wonderful ability of pack tactics. So they have advantage on attack roll against any creature if they have at least one buddy who's nearby. And guess what? They're within five feet of each other, so they have advantage on this attack roll here. Okay, and they are aiming at Rupert. So Rupert does a 23 hit. Oh, yes, that does. Alrighty. Now, they're only attacking you with slings, so it's not too terribly bad, so they're only going to hit you for three damage there. Okay, 
three. It's not gonna be too pretty. Now it's going to be the other kobold in the doorway. And he is going to take a wonderful sling attack over at Christopher. So Christopher, tell me, does a 20 hit? Yes. Alrighty. And that one does 5 damage to you. Okay. Oh! So, to set the scene for you right here, these kobolds right here, they are about, right about 50 feet in front of you. Okay. And they're both on either side of a door. It's giving them a little bit of cover up there. And they are just kind of peering around the corner at you. But it is now your turn, Christopher. What are you going to do? I put away my... Short sword, take out my crossbow. Okay, I'll let you do the interaction action there. So what are you going to do with your crossbow? Uh-uh. I'm going to aim directly at an eye. Fire at an eye. Okay, well go ahead and roll to hit. And remember, they do have right about three-quarter coverage because they're just kind of peeking out from behind the door there. So, go but ahead. I, but I am aiming That's, for one. You can aim for whatever you want to aim. You're still going to roll to hit and make sure you actually do hit them. Six. Six is not enough to hit. They're just peeking around the corner just enough that when you fire that crossbow bolt, it shoots almost like it's going to hit, aim right for them, but then just ends up hitting the wall instead. And donks. Just thump right off the wall, falls to the ground because of the stone wall up there. And then all this commotion is actually alerting something that's inside of that room there. You can barely hear a little bit of scuffling, a little bit of skittering going on. And it is now going to be Rupert's turn. Rupert, what do you want to do? Well, I'm going to move up to being about 30 feet away from them. And I'm going to angle, so I'm looking up the stairs at a bit of an angle up in there so I can shoot at the one on the left hand side of that door with my crossbow. Alright, go ahead and roll the hit. That is a 13. Okay, well with the angle you have and everything there, that 13 is going to be just enough to hit because you actually can get that better angle and see a bit more of them up there. So go ahead and roll your damage. That's going to be nine. Okay, nice. That is going to take that kobold down quite a bit, in fact. So they are going to be looking very, very bad right now. Like that, that cobalt looks like a, the wind could blow, it would probably knock it on over. And it is now its turn. And it's gotten quite a wallet from you, and you've actually moved yourself into a very good position with him. So he is going to try to attack you again. 
and it's going to be once again at advantage. So with a 22 hit, of course it does. I'm getting my armor class up. It's pathetic to be hit by these slings through these things. Okay, well, like I said, they don't do too much damage. There's only four damage done to you there. Yeah, four damage. It's still enough to make it hurt. Okay, now it's gonna be the next Kobold's turn on the other side. And he's the one that also is getting shot at, and he's not too happy about it. So he's gonna take another shot over at Christopher. So, Christopher, tell me, does a six hit? Of course not. We know it's not going to hit. Nope. So he takes his swing, his sling, he's winding up. He goes to try to you know, release and hit you with it, but his hand actually smacks against the side of the post of the doorway leading into the temple there, and it just sends his rock completely off the course, and it pelts into the dirt like 40 feet behind you. And that it is now your turn, Christopher. What do you want to do now? But I'm, I, and I'm like, you want to mess with Rupert? Short sword. You're charging. And I charge up to the weekend one, and I'm like, face my You joy. can't get there and still be able to attack. You can take the dash action and get up right there next to him, but that'll be your action. You will not be able to attack. But you'll be in melee range for your next turn. And so I'm going to do that, and I'm going to hold my position for his eye. Okay. So you dash on up, up those stairs, up into the doorway, and you're positioning yourself right there next to the kobold with one in front of you, one behind you. And does that end your turn? As long as I get to punch him in the head. No, you can do that next time. You can't do it this time. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I really want to punch him. Well, I know you want to punch him, but you use up your action by dashing up the stairs because you were 50 feet away and you only have 30 feet of movement. If you take the dash action, you can do a double move, but that's your action. Okay, so, like I said, you have a kobold in front of you who's looking very weak. You have one behind you that hasn't been touched yet, and then rushing in from the side, completing its little bit of movement, because it had already been on its way up in there, is another kobold who sits there and says, You! You got my friend! You got friend! (laughs) And he's going to take a swing at you, because he thinks you're the one that hurt his buddy. So he's going to take a stab at you with his dagger. And he's got the pack tactics as well, because so he's going to be attacking at advantage. I have no idea how that just worked. I got double sixes on that one. So does does a six hit? Of course it doesn't. You needed to get All ten right. more. So he goes to, to stab at you with his dagger, but he's so excited and angry about his friend getting hurt that he just whiffs right by you and just. Doesn't do anything at all oh. to you. Oh, I wish he would stab himself. Well, maybe if he ever rolls a natural one, then we can roll into something like that. Maybe say that happens, but not this time. But it is now 
Rupert's turn. Now, Rupert, you just saw your buddy Christopher come rushing past you and go right up into where the temple's at right there. And he's staring face to face to this kobold that's right there in front of him. What do you want to do? Well, I had a pretty good shot with him last time. I'm going to go ahead and try to shoot him again. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit. That's a nine. Alright, a nine is not enough to hit him. He's a little bit uh, almost sturdy than that. So, well, okay, in that case, I'm now going to move up the stairs and get to be within melee range of the kobolds. I gotta help my friend out a bit. Alrighty. So you move up the stairs, but how far? Is your Moved up 20 feet, you said? Now you have about 30 feet up to get to where they're at there at the mouth. It's about 30 foot up these stairs. Nice big long stairs leading up into the temple there. Oh, it's going to go with the, the 30 feet and get up there. Alright, so you get up to the top of the stairs there and you get yourself positioned next to Christopher up there at the top of the stairs. And it is then going to be the kobold's turn. The one that is looking pretty weak. And he is... Looking at you, he's got this towering human right here in front of him. He's got another towering human behind him. He's not feeling all that strong himself anymore, but he knows that he has to protect his people, his group that's here inside this temple. So he's going to do what he can to do that. He is going to attack with his dagger against Christopher since he's right in front of him. So, does a 20 hit? Sadly, yes. Alrighty. So that's going to be three damage that he deals to you with his dagger. And that's going to be the kobold that is in front of uh, Rupert now. It's going to be their turn. They're going to do the same thing. Take a swipe with their dagger. And that is a critical hit. He rolled a 20, natural 20 on that one. So, that's going to be 12 damage done there. Oh, that is definitely not good. Alrighty, so what does that do for you then, Rupert? That puts me below zero then. Okay, so we got Rupert entering into death save territory. This could be bad. But it is now going to be Christopher's turn. So Christopher, you have a kobold right in front of you who is looking pretty weak. You have Rupert behind you laying on the ground, bleeding out at this moment in time. A kobold in front of him, a kobold next to you. What are you going to do? I'm going to rush over to, um, um, Rupert here. No, you don't have to rush over, he's right behind you. He's like, you take a step back, you're going to step out. So I turn around, and I check for room. For, and I check for rooms. Well, he's laying there bleeding out. You heard the sound of a dagger sinking into him, and then you heard, Ugh! And you heard Rupert collapse to the ground, so you know he's been hit pretty bad. So there's no need to check for wounds. You can see the blood go right out of his belly. 
<laughs> so you have a couple of different options. You can keep attacking the kobolds and hope that he gets, you know, you know, he does okay on his death saves. Or you can take one of the two healing potions that you were given, because you were each given two healing potions when you uh, left the, uh, the military outpost. You can administer one of those to him so you can get his healing from that. Uh, so I'm going to take his healing potion, pour it into him. Oh, you're going you're gonna to take his then? And, and then just pour it into him. Really? Yep. So you're going to go rooting around in his uh, pack there trying to find a healing potion? Mm, actually, no. I'm going to take mine. You're going to take yours? Because why be rude? Well, also, why take the time to do it? You know, you don't know where he kept his. So, why don't you just use one of yours? Okay, so, you want to use one of those? Yeah. Pour it next. That's going to be your action. So, you're not going to be able to attack this turn. Okay? Okay, so, 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 so I'm going to attack and then help him. You can only do one or the other. I'll actually help him because why attack and hope he succeeds all three tries when I can just heal him. Okay. So you're going to do that. So it's going to be 2d4 plus 2 healing. So that's going to be 2d4 plus 2. So I gave him 5 hit points back and he's going to be able to jump back up onto his feet come his next turn. So as you give him that potion of healing, all of a sudden you're like, <gasps> a big old gasp. And then that'll be your turn unless you want to take a movement and possibly take a you know have one of them try to attack you. Uh I'm gonna be like you you're gonna die, weak kobold, because all these kobolds are weak. Go ahead, roll me an intimidation check on that one. Intimidation, intimidation. Go ahead. I kind of like, I kind of like that. You're trying to like, you're, you're trying to intimidate them a little bit. See if they're scared of you at all. Fourteen. Okay, so the one that attacked Rupert, he heard that. And he's actually a little bit scared of you now. He's kind of like, oh, sure I've done that. Sure I've done that. Done that. <laughs> this could be bad. <laughs> but the one right next to you, he's just like, I don't want to attack him anyways. <laughs> he's just swing at you with his dagger. Seriously? Seriously. Is he really going to try and kill me? Does a 16 hit. That is my max armor class at the moment. Okay, so that does hit. So he is going to do four damage to you. Osh. Kobold, you're gonna die really bad. Okay, well now it is Rupert's turn, and Rupert is he's really not too happy. I'm pretty darn sure. Darn right I'm not happy. So I'm going to take my mace. 
and I'm going to smack the one right in front of me. Okay, go ahead and roll me to hit that one. That's going to be a 14. That is definitely going to hit. That's going to be 5 damage. Okay, so for the one that hit you, that one there, he was actually one of the weaker ones of the group. He is going to be very bloodied as well. Looking like he is on death's door entirely as well. Okay, so. Any movement? Anything else you want to do? Oh, well, there's not much else I can do. Hmm. It's not on this turn here. Okay. So, that's going to bring us up to the top of the order there with the one of the weekend kobolds. We have a couple weekend ones now. So, he is actually going to take another swing of his dagger because he still says he needs to protect his family. He's going to attack Christopher. So, Christopher, tell me, does a 19 hit? Said my armor class is 16. Okay, so that's going to do another 6 damage to you. Oh. I'm really... I'm really... Oh! I'm not feeling so good. Okay, these kobolds are really doing a number on you guys. So, we have up to the next kobold here. This is the one that you intimidated. So let me go ahead and roll a d20 here. See what he decides to do. Okay, he is still scared out of his brain. <laughs> so he is actually gonna try to run away. He's just like, I, I don't want to have any do with this. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> so he's trying to try to run away, which will then give Rupert here an opportunity to attack on him. Go ahead and you want to try swinging your mace at him. Of course I do. He's going to knock me to the ground. That is an 18 to hit. Ooh, that is definitely going to hit him. Yeah, pretty much you can just breathe on him. He'll be done. Five damage. Oh, right. he is dead. <laughs> he is gone. He is done. He is toast. <laughs> and and like, it is now Christopher's turn. And I'm like, see that kobold? You are weak. Weak, weak, weak. Okay, so what do you want to do now? Uh, I'm going to... So you have a weak one in front of you, you have a strong one still next to you. I'm going to go for the one that was attacking me earlier. I'm going to charge, and I'm going to... Whammon. Whammon. Take my... Short sword, stab him in the eye. Okay, we'll go ahead and roll Blinding. to attack. Blinding. That is an 18! That hits him. Now you can breathe on him and he'll be done. Five damage! Five damage to him and he is just crumples down to the ground with a sword in his eyeball dead on the floor. And I take my sword, shake the blood off, 
rush over to the kobold and say and say, no, say your strong one dead. Well, you don't have any really other weak ones or anything. Like you have one that has not been touched at all. And you know what? The rush over, he's right next to you. So you just turn and look at him and go, mm-hmm. That could be you. So wait, you, wait. I thought I attacked the strong one. You attacked the one that was... You said, you know, the one that had been attacking you. That was the one that had, like, one hit point left. So. You have the... One had rushed in from the opposite side of things. He comes over and just looks at you and goes, Must have attacked! And goes and tries to stab at you. And he critical hits you. I'm already going to be dead. So that's going to be 10 damage to you. I'm done. I'm done for. Uh, you're, so you're at death saves now. Look at these guys are doing, doing a number on you. Alright, so it is now Rupert's turn. So, Rupert, what do you choose to do here? Well, we're both feeling pretty, pretty bad here. But, I can't have him attack again before we have a chance to do anything. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to use one of my healing potions on Christopher here. Since right now I'm going to grab one out of my pouch, pour it down his throat. Alright, so Christopher, you're going to go ahead and you're going to take uh, 2d4 plus 2 healing from that one. Okay, so we're going to go... You're going to get seven hit points back. And it's now... It's, you've gotten those hit points back. You're now back up on your feet, ready to attack again, and it is your turn. And I'm like, you're going to end up like the one I just killed. Oh, yeah! Right in the eyeball. Okay, roll the hit. Roll to hit. Oh, I can already tell that one hit an eight. An eight is not good enough. And it is now that kobold's turn. So, he is seeing you guys there. He's just like, yeah, I, I, I gotta, gotta, gotta protect my, my family. Gotta protect my crew. Gotta. So he takes a swipe at you. Does a 12 hit? Absolutely not! Alright, so he's getting pretty panicked now. So what are you going to do now, Rupert? It's now your turn. Well, I want to try to find out what's more of what's going on here. So I'm actually going to try as I haven't done before. I am going to cast Charm person on this cobalt. Alright, so charm person. I actually have not seen this at all yet, doesn't you said? So, for those of you who don't know what it does, you're attempting to charm a humanoid you can see within range, and technically cobalts do fall under humanoid. And they have to make a wisdom saving throw, and 
they get advantage on the throw if you or your companions are fighting it. But if it fails it, it's charmed by you until the spell ends, or one of your companions does something harmful to it, like you know, attacks it, smacks it, something like that. And it will regard you as a friendly acquaintance. But when the spell ends, it knows it was charmed and gets PO'd at you. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try to do it anyway. So that'd be a DC 10 wisdom save. Alrighty. So this guy is anything right now. He is not very wise. But he gets a 16 on that one, so he is not charmed by you. Dang it. Could have been just an easy way to get information out of him. Okay, but he knows that he tried to you know, get charmed by you because he saw you trying to cast this spell. So it is now Christopher's turn. Christopher, what are you gonna do? I'm gonna be like Hey Rupert. How about How about us? Since we have not really seen this in here in this any fight we have really done, I'm gonna do my kicking in the Base. So you can do an unarmed strike? Yep. Okay, go ahead and roll to hit on that unarmed strike there. Beyond. 25. Okay, that is a natural 20 then. So you're going to go ahead and you're going to do max damage plus the damage that you roll there. So max damage would be on there 4. So go ahead and hit that again, which means you're going to get four again. So you're going to get a total of eight damage on this guy. So that means he is going to be very hurt at this point in time. Cake in the face. That's how we do it. But he is still up. He's not quite down yet. And he's going to then try to take one quick swipe because he knows he's going to be done for. Take a swipe with his dagger and he gets a 17 to hit on you, Christopher. Since you just Belted him in the face with your boot. <laughs> so there's a 17 hit. Sadly. How much damage? Six. Six. I'm going to be down to one. I am not going to feel good. Okay, but it is now Rupert's turn. Rupert. This guy's looking pretty darn weak. What do you want to do? Let's just end this. Smack him with my mace. That is a 22. That definitely hits and pretty much whatever roll damage you roll, he'll be toast. Six damage. And that eliminates him. So, good job, gentlemen. You have completely eliminated all of these kobolds in front of you. And and since I'm really bad, since I'm really feeling bad, I'm going to drink my last healing potion. Okay, so that'll be 2d4 plus 2 healing then. Okay. 2d4, you said? 2d4 and then add 2 to that. 
Okay. Let's see here. Okay, so that's six, and that will be six plus two. That will be eight. All right, so take your eight hit points and add them to your stuff there. And I'm gonna go and I'm gonna use up one of my healing potions as well. Get my healing up because I'm not looking too good either. That's gonna be six healing to me. That's not gonna be too terrible. Brings me almost up to my maximum. Alrighty, and right now you are standing in the entranceway of this temple. When you look in front of you, there is a fountain sitting in the middle, and you have a couple of hallways going off to the sides. One off to the left-hand side of the fountain, and then a tunnel on the very left-hand side of the room there. And that, good folks, is where we'll end this episode. So, we'll be back with more coming soon, as well as a couple of other campaign options coming here as well. We'll be having a pirate campaign starting up here pretty soon. Pirates of the Sword Coast, starring me as the DM, and a few of my friends as the players in the campaign. So stay tuned for that. And you can follow me on all the socials that we have out there. Cajoling Chimp Entertainment is where this is coming from. And you can find Cajoling Chimp everywhere. Fine entertainment is found. Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Guess those aren't fine, but hey, they're there anyways. And stay tuned for our next episode. Toodaloo!